and welcome to A Star to Steer Her by, a Star Trek podcast. I am your host, Jake, and joining me today are... Chris. Ames, but oh no, I'm being displaced! Ta-da! This is Caitlin. And Caitlin's here. And Caitlin's here. Um, I've been replaced by Caitlin. Oh, no. Oh, shit. Yeah, so today we're doing, uh, this is episode 266 of of our humble podcast. And we'll be discussing today two episodes of Star Trek The Voyager. And those episodes are season three episodes were displaced. (laughs) I almost got got them flipped. So I I wanted to make sure I said them in the right order. Uh, Displaced and worst case, skidoo. <laughs> so neat. Anywho, in displaced. Let's see, how we're doing? Uh, well, Balan and Tom are having sex in the holodeck. Nice. And it goes wrong because, you know, <laughs> Balan wanted to do knife play and Tom wasn't into it or vice versa. I, can't I, think, I think he put it in her butt by mistake. Yeah, anyway. I think that's what actually happened. So they're walking around with their sexy bat left and uh, they just come across some random dude in the hallway. Is that a... the plural of bat left? What? Bat left. Is uh, bat left the plural of bat It's left? actually bats left. Ah, it's like it's like attorney's general. general. Yes, yes, exactly. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I had to ask. Um, they run into a stranger. In they the run hallway. into a stranger in the hallway, and he's got a goofy hat. And they're like, "Who the fuck are you?" And he's like, <laughs> Where do I get that oh, "Oh, God, I was I was just wandering around." They take this guy to the sick bay, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't know where this guy came from." Janeway's like, "I don't know where this guy came from." And then but they, I already don't like him. And then they realize they're like, "Where the fuck's Cass?" And Doc's like, "She didn't show up for work today." Typical um, Cass. Typical Seriously. Cass sleeping in. So they ask the computer, and the computer's like, "Cass ain't here." And uh, they're like, "What?" So then they they gradually realize that yeah, they flipped places, but it's some sort of some mystery. Mist. I don't know how to pronounce it, mystery. All a of mystery. Sudden. It's a mystery. <laughs> But then every, but it then turns out like every ten minutes or so, somebody else vanishes and is replaced by one of these aliens. And this keeps happening, and nobody can figure it out. So the crew is gradually dwindling on the ship. Meanwhile, they're building up this population of aliens. As you do. You know, Janeway eventually disappears. Most people have disappeared. Balana finally, she's like, huh. This isn't a natural phenomenon at all, because at first we're like, oh, maybe it's like wormholes or some shit. A baby wormhole. Um, and she's like, this isn't does. this isn't fucking natural. This is just somebody's doing this. And then uh, the scientist guy that was with the aliens is like, huh, that's funny. Whop. And he beats <laughs> some guy over the head with a thing. And then we realize, oh, my God, they're the bad guys. And then he makes Bellana disappear. She finds herself in this, real, this like idyllic paradise place and everyone else is there and she's like hey everybody we're not this isn't an accident this is on purpose and everyone's like yeah Belana, we're like <laughs> 10 steps ahead of you <laughs> um, and uh and then this woman shows up this uh, alien woman with a poop emoji hat <laughs> and uh and she's like she's like welcome to your new home everybody and yeah, it turns out that these aliens have been swapping everybody out for themselves, and that's basically how they do an invasion. They just they pick somebody they want to invade, and instead of going to war, they just one by one swap all their people out for their people and put everybody in this holographic prison. So a dude shows up, can't remember his name, but he's like some alien dude, kind of look, 
kind of looked and acted like Neelix a little bit. Shows up. Very friendly, yeah. Yeah, and we didn't really see Neelix and in, in him in the same room together. So. Oh my God, wasn't Ethan Phillips? No, it wasn't. Oh wow, I was like, holy shit, cool. Yeah, you're right. He's very first episode Neelix. Yeah, but he's just like some other dude. He's like, oh hey neighbors, <laughs> how doily diddly do? <laughs> we, we're right next door, and we like to do trading. So if you <laughs> like, uh, we can trade see some popcorn balls for. Uh, Yum. You know, whatever uh, we got. So he's like this friendly guy, and it turns out that like they're on some kind of a spaceship that uh, some kind of a Star Trek, some kind of a Star Trek, <laughs> and they got uh, and they've been you know with all these other species, and they're all in their own individual uh, cages, cages, <laughs> menageries. Yeah. Uh, but then, uh, of course, you know they picked the wrong people to fuck with because humans they don't like to be in cages. We learned that in the very first Star Trek episode. That's yeah. right. Called so, the cage. So Janeway is like, "All right, right? let's figure yes. this out." So they turn the Doctor into a tricorder and use his eyes to find an exit, and then they bust out. And he seemed offended, but I would think that would be like the most erotic moment of his life. You know, <laughs> we'll get to that. Okay. Um, and oh, then, uh, wow. Um, Tuvok ba- makes some lightsabers with lightsaber toys with Chakotay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Chakotay throws major shade by being like, bitch, didn't know you could think this far outside the box. <laughs> yeah. So they have these little improvised phaser things, and they manage to pretty easily take over the ship and figure out how to use the alien computer to beam the aliens into like this frozen wasteland. And they're like, and Janeway shows up. She's like, "Hey, I'm just gonna leave you here." I bet the Breen live there. We're gonna freeze. We're gonna that freeze. changes everything. <laughs> freeze your stupid hats off, and uh, and they're like, "Fine, we surrender. We'll give you your goddamn ship back, but please let us go to a warmer place because this sucks." She's like, all right, but we're also going to free all your other prisoners, too. And uh, so, uh, yeah, that's what happens. Everyone's, everyone's cool. I'm uh, back to normal. I'm glad you commented on that, because, like, the first thing I said when they showed up, I was like, wow, that is a terrible hat. Mm. <laughs> Which is brilliant, really, because I feel like as the audience, I was at first also like, well, yeah, of course this isn't on purpose. No one that dresses that stupid could be that Nefe- oh, it was all part of their plan. Mm-hmm. Look like morons, old, so no one... It's the old Pac-Led uh, gambit. Except via sartorial choices instead of... Yeah. Uh, Upsetting characteristics. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. yeah, and that's why they probably sent Damar, named Damar for reasons. The, the first Nerian whom we see, and he's just an older man, looks already like, like I should definitely not be here wherever he goes. See, sending him first was perfect, because he already just kind of looks like, you know, there's just he's some... Lost a little bit on, of dementia Lost on the way to the grocery store. Exactly. And again, that fucking hat. Ugh. It's a bad... That is some bad hat, I mean, Mary. honestly, the, the the queen of bad hats, though, was the poop emoji lady. Yeah. Because it was yeah. straight up the poop emoji. Dude, now I'm bummed I didn't know I'm bummed. I didn't notice it. I didn't even, like, <laughs> oh, make serious. any note of like, this poop find, hat. Find a picture of this lady and, like, look at her hat because it's got, like, tears. Mm-hmm. It's it's perfect. Mm-hmm. See, I somehow... I, I noticed she had a dumb wedding hat. wedding cake of poop. But mm-hmm. I did not notice hers had a terribly unique shape. I wish I had. Did yeah. it also smile? Did it have, like, a one of those little <laughs> poop smiles on its face? It had Patrick Stewart's voice. Interesting. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I know Patrick Stewart got to get paid, but why? Why, my dude? Does he? I think he's doing fine. That's just what we say whenever he's like English be... actors make stupid choices. It's just like the English will do whatever for a payday. That's all. Yeah, they they do not care, and I appreciate that to be honest. <laughs> Michael Caine didn't get his Oscar because he was filming Jaws four or whatever the fuck. Got money. Got paid. Yeah. Well, I, I, someone actually said that to him. It's like, 
you know, because I mean, obviously, you gotta be and get to get it in person. Like, uh, so, uh, so Michael, have you actually seen Jaws four? Yes. Uh, no, but I have seen the house it bought. It's lovely. Ah, there you go. That's my spot on Michael Caneberg. It's actually pretty good, though. In all honesty. Hey. I thought this was an interesting episode. I was yeah. I was I like entertained the throughout. Yeah. Same. My favorite my favorite parts though are when Chakotay is attempting to sabotage the ship and it's so not going well and it's fucking hilarious. But you know, he's he's trying and uh Okay, or um uh, what's that band that ha- from Whip It? Devo? Mm. Devo? It's kind of a Devo hat, but Oh the hat poop colored. J- Jake found a picture to show us. But uh, you know, I think Caitlin, you pointed out though, it was one of the first times like, oh yeah, I guess he was a Maki, wasn't he? Yay. Like he's not going great, but he has the he has the ideas. Yeah, yeah. And he tells he talks to Tuvok later about, you know, how now we have to live here in I don't know why though people decide that you're gonna live in a wilderness instead of like making them a house. Well, like he an knows the building. Listen, he knows Ch- they know Chicote can make a tub. It'll be fine. There he'll, you go. He'll, yeah, he starts with a tub and like he's kind of, actually we were talking about Gillian's on the way over. He starts with a tub and like within a few weeks he has built you a mansion out of you know bamboo tubs. and leaves. Yes, and, it's tubs all the way down. And tubs. I mean, yeah, it's a very weird Sims house. <laughs> all bathrooms. The stupidest thing though is. Why would you bother keeping the prisoners there? Like, because I feel the, like they, they just have a, a perpetual expense. These people don't want to hurt people. They seem like they they, they have a, a sense of ethics that that is about them. It's a shitty sense of ethics. Oh yeah, they're assholes. Like they say something to the effect of, you know, we're not. I don't think I wrote it down. We're we're not, you know, violent or belligerent or anything, but we're still assholes. <laughs> Oh, we're not a cruel people. That's what Keep they say. Keep firing, assholes. Yeah, it's, you know, it's an interesting way about how people can justify things to themselves. Mm. And, you know, admittedly, yeah, there's worse things they could do. Then again, we also don't know how much they care for their charges, since, uh, as as uh, Lizard Neelix pointed out, oh, yeah, your predecessors, uh, they didn't escape. They all died of a plague. Yeah, because they were trying to escape. Yeah. And they said, okay, how about we release this compound? Oh, God, it's killing us. <laughs> and also, who knows? Maybe there's a nefar- more nefarious purpose. Maybe they're like, ooh, these people are compatible enough. Uh, maybe if we ever need some bits and bobs, we can just take organs from them. Maybe they just think that people are delicious. Or no. That. Yeah, like, this would be a great idea for the Vidians, because they could just have, like, a farm. Mm. Maybe oh, they rent to the Vidians. Oh. No, they, they different parts of space. They haven't seen yeah. them in a while. Yeah, I thought of these people kind of like the cuckoo who lays their egg in another cuckoo, in another bird's nest, and then you know that bird gets to be be there now. Did we talk about the cuckoo either like last yeah, week? Yeah, we've or talked about days? the cuckoo pretty recently. We, we talk about the cuckoo a lot because they're sure. fun. Cuckoo they for cocoa puffs, Sainsies, But I also got to have my pops. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. Tricks is for kids. Oops, all berries. <laughs> poor fu- Seriously, can someone just get that rabbit some fucking tricks? I mean, God, the thing damn. is, he's a rabbit. The amount of sugar in it would probably kill him. Listen, it's had, for his own good. I haven't had, like, candy f- cereal in too long. I should buy some candy-type cereal. Like. Candy-type cereal is delicious. Get get some ice cream from Goodnight Fatties that had, it had bits cereal. Of, I'm sorry, like, it's called Goodnight Fatties. Have you not been to Goodnight Fatties? No, what the fuck is that? Oh, my God. I, think it's, I don't think it's us. Fatties. Yes, I think it's just Goodnight Fatty. Singular. Oh, you might be right. But it's a, well, it's that, that sounds like we can't go there together then. <laughs> <laughs> Only one in at a time. Only one fatty at once. No offense, honey. Sorry, that was very mean. The sign Jake, says Jake's... no homers. 
We can have one. Um, but uh, yeah, it's very good. This is not a paid endorsement, but they make delicious cookies. Ooh. It was a cookie That's, restaurant. Sounds good. I love that. So apparently tricks, and then we'll get back to the episode. Remember that when we were kids, tricks were spheres, and they went to fruit shapes? I don't remember tricks being spheres. Oh yeah, they were spheres for a bit. In the beginning, yeah. And well, then the uh, recently, anyway. they switched back to spheres. Oh my god. But since their audience is children, they were like, no! <laughs> it's like, no, it didn't. Um, Chris was there to piss all over their parade. Yeah, there was some child looking at it, and I was like, this isn't new. Well, here's the thing about tricks, right? Because I've I've actually never really had tricks. I'm sure sure I've had had them, but they were never like a cereal that I had in my house. Mm. Yeah, they're not, they're kind of not. But I always wondered, are the different colors different flavors, or is it all just one thing? I think it's all one thing. Anyway, this. Look at Chris trying to get us out of our digressions, like they aren't his fault most of the time. No, no, I I know, but that's why I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to undo my damage. Why didn't they set the ship to to self-destruct Janeway's favorite solution? I know. Well, I think because, I think by the time they realized something was really up, she was already gone, and... That's true. She's while, the only one that can... I don't know, her. like, Voyager... Well, no, but she's the only one that would jump to that conclusion, so... Oh, there we go. Fair. But I was gonna say, Voyager, weirdly, is, again, the first ship we've seen that requires just the captain to, to do it, or a hologram of Seska. <laughs> so, who knows? But that wasn't a holodeck, and we'll talk about that later. No, I know. Uh, I just wanted to foreshadow. But, yeah, no, it... it, it that is a good point. Someone should have threatened that. Yeah, yeah. Instead, we've got, you know, Chakotay yelling, let's make life difficult for the Nereans. I've already pooped in the captain's chair. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like they're hacked. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot, a lot of fun. I loved <laughs> I loved our, our momentary uh, new chief of security, Ensign Lang, mm. who it's her first day on the job and they do shoot her in the face. <laughs> oh. she, was, she was terrible. Yeah, yeah. the The actors they got for the like the extras for the the crew, the skeleton Starfleet crew. Extras. Yeah, yeah. Because she was she These was got to just be like she wasn't great spouses or no, something. No, I'm sure right? they're just like people that respond to an open call or whatever. But like even uh, there was like a non speaking extra in that same scene that was like moving like a oh, robot. Domo Maybe he was playing a robot. Well, see, the non-speaking extras, that could just be like, ah, fuck, we're short a person. Uh, here, key grip. Put on this uniform. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I feel like those people have to be properly paid. I don't think they do. I, I think in the rules of Hollywood, you have to, like, actually hire proper people for proper work. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure the key grip union would not approve of a yeah. key grip what, on camera. What Even if would, it was extra money? Sure. What they would do instead is have like all the various sta- like character stand-ins. Mm. Because yeah. they've got a lot of those. Yeah, around. like true. Like uh, Lieutenant or, uh, Leslie, right? Like he was yeah. basically yeah, yeah, a stand-in yeah. that just became a named character. Hi, Bobby. Yeah, because he was really Shatner's stand-in, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Since I'm behind... Well, I listened to the, the Delta Flyers podcast after our... A respective week comes out, mm. so I didn't. I didn't, didn't realize at the time of recording, but I can mention now that remember when Darkling EMH was wandering around, being threatening, and he was threatening a woman in the elevator. It was mm. weird. Yeah, yeah. That was Janeway's uh, character stand-in. Oh, mm. neat. I was kind of expecting to have a moment in this episode then where they would transfer everybody off the ship, and then they'd all turn around, and then the aliens would realize you captured their stunt doubles. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what would have what Chakotay should have done is when he was taking the doctor out of the computer, he should have just replaced him with a swarm of bees. What? 
I mean, <laughs> they couldn't go into sick bay. They'd be locked out of sick bay because there'd be a swarm of fucking bees in there. <laughs> the way to Chris's heart is always through bees. That's just so true. we're clear. Like, if, 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 there are, if there is comedic violence via bee, Chris is <laughs> way on board. He's now bright red. I just have this wonderful mental image of, like, the swarm of bees EMH being like, you know, it's like, it's Robert Picardo's voice, but pitched up and also, like, Humming. fake multiply. What is your emergency? And just being like, well, it's up to me to save the ship. And so the, the swarm has to, like, pick up the uh, mobile emitter. So, like, in the middle of the swarm, it's like, we just holding the mobile emitter so they can go around the ship and sting <laughs> Oh, way better episode. It's mm-hmm. gotten very strange. No, I, like to, I like to imagine, though, that because Chakotay took the mobile emitter with him, mm. so... yeah. The bee, the bee doctors are like, "All right, let's go save the ship," and then they try to yeah. fly out of out of sick bay, and they just vanish. No, no bee Poor doctors. Bees. I'm just picturing the bees with those old timey like doctor mirrors on oh, their no. heads. Adorable. Yeah. So this gets to a point we have brought up so often. I'm sure the listeners are fucking sick of us bringing it up. But the doctor can literally be a tricorder. Why isn't he just a tricorder? Mm-hmm. Fair. Like, you could even, like I said, we've talked about user interface thing. It could still be he holds a tricorder, but it's, like, actually just part of his hologram, not a real one, and he's just the tricorder. I'd say maybe the tricorder being linked to the ship means the, then the records can be read by other people. But also, but he he's linked, linked to, to the, the ship, sh- yeah, like so... A- the tricorder union will not allow it. There, there it is. <laughs> yeah, the thing I don't, don't know that. Um, yeah, I don't know exactly. that he, he was literally a tricorder. I just think that he had like she fucked with his vision so that he could detect yeah. a wider range of, of frequencies or something. But it does still open up the point that like he is linked to the ship, so yeah. couldn't he just use the ship's sensors? Yeah, like he doesn't need to. Like again, you could totally have him hold a fake one just for the sake of like the. Because yeah, if the guy just stood there and stared at you, that would just be like, <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, really. You thought his bedside <laughs> manner was bad before. Like I get that. You know, Imagine he, him doing a colonoscopy. Like I get that a <laughs> lot of the equipment. Like yeah, like a hypo. He has to use a real hypo because there has to be stuff in it and other. Well, yeah, like the gooey shooting. Yeah, gooey, yeah. Liquid. You could fill him with gel. Gooey. Yeah, like, like one of those Coke remix machines. Oh man, it's like that. Uh, it's like that time Jordy used that like drone, that VR drone. Remember that episode? Oh yeah, to roofie his girls interface. What? I know. I just because Jordy's a creep. That's oh, I was. Just but yeah, to... so like it's like the mobile emitter is built into a big tank of medicine, so that he could just like stick his finger in your neck, but it's a hypospray. It's like. Psst. But you get deeply uncomfortable. This continues to go in a weird direction. Yeah, I don't yeah, like it's, any it's early. I just think that, generally speaking, your robot doctor should just be a robot. It yeah. shouldn't look like a person. I get for, like, patient comfort. Like, yeah, give it give it familiarity. But, yeah, you know, again, we talked about this before, I know. And it's not going to change. You know, our talking about this isn't going to go back in time and alter history. And even if it did that crazy grandfather paradox, and oof, what a nightmare. Not the, it's not history, it's the future, Chris. It's the distant future. <laughs> Touche. Neat. I think the thing that I cared the, the least about this episode was the Paris Bellana flirting. Me too! It's always it a thing so I care least about in an episode. At one point, I literally went, are we really having this argument right now? When they were, like, in the midst of crisis and still bitching about the hollow deck yeah. incident. And it's well, like, I think, now isn't the time! I mean, but part of that was to, because... 
she was hypothermic and he was trying to keep her mind engaged. No, no, no. Earlier than that, oh, earlier like arguing. Than that. Yeah, like when she's yeah when she's dying. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, I will say, great fucking line. It's like I thought Cardassians were more were, uh, more susceptible to cold. No, they just complain about it more. It's mm. a good line. Like that, yeah, that makes sense. You're like, all right, take their mind off the fact that they're freezing to death. But it was like earlier when they were like sneaking around, like nee, nee, nee. we're not friends anymore. Nee. Yeah, but. I mean, really, they just wanted to eat each other's assholes. Oh, so much. They do. They really do. But also, like, okay, so the scene... It's very specific. ...where they're bickering and bickering, but the EMH is in the background giving snarky remarks in a scene that was... I swear to God, it was the worst blocking in a scene I've seen on this show, because there's a moment when they're talking, and then just out of nowhere, Bolana starts walking away, but then she just walks in a semicircle and come, comes back to where she just was, and I'm like... Why? Yeah, it's like it's like community theater Who blocking. Did this? Yeah. Here's the thing. A scene of them arguing while the EMH is like totally not reading the room and doing that as a scene at a better time uh, would have been amusing if only because the EMH being like oblivious and snarky, amazing. But it was like now is not the time for this scene dramatically. Yeah, I can't think of an instance where it would be amazing because it all it would just continue to seem out of place, and it would make me think think Tom Bolana just walk away from him. Yeah, yeah. Don't, like, don't just mute him. Go somewhere else and be alone to have yeah. this conversation. Yeah, but like you know, if it just been like part of a cold open or something, or just part of an episode that overall was more lighthearted or something, like, but to have in the midst of this, I'm just like. Guys, come on. No. Why? There's a game that I used to play called Dragon Age, and maybe I've brought it up here before. There was this... I was romancing a character, mm-hmm. and Alistair specifically, and there's a scene where he like gives you a rose, and I think it's triggered by like your romance level getting to a certain place, and it has to happen like when you're not in camp, it has to happen somewhere else. So what happened was the game stopped me in the middle of a fucking battle, so there's literally like orcs or whatever running around, I don't know what the fuck there is in that game, I don't remember, but there's baddies running around, and he's like, I got this rose because it reminded Aww. me of your fragility and beauty, while there's like just shit happening, of course they can't be attacking us while this has happened, but I was like, oh, Alistair, this is really sweet, but not really the time. Mm. And that's what I was that's what I was thinking of as I watched this. Yeah. Attempted yeah, a weird flirting. a weird B plot for this episode, I think. Very much so. I yeah. Th- yeah. Like I get that they're trying to build their rapport because the two of them are cute and all that. But yeah, you you build it in a way that isn't fucking obnoxious. No. no. Also they're well, they they enter the, the the cold universe for a while. Mm-hmm. The all none of the sets looked very cold. They just looked like sets. Yeah. When their breath came out, it was just breath. It wasn't puffs of smoke. Or puffs mm. puffs of condensating vapor and shit. Yeah. And I was like, they don't look cold. They're not acting cold. Like they should be like huddling into themselves. Like I know Chris, you've acted cold for a show yeah. before when you were being Robert Scott, freezing to death. And yeah, I was gonna say you yeah. died of cold on I mean, stage. No, I watched I mean, it. Sulu did a much much better mm-hmm. cold in uh, yeah. what was that the uh, the enemy, enemy within, within. Yeah. yeah yeah they did was... not look cold no no Janeway beams in and just stands there it's, like, it's I know you just got here but it's still cold it's still cold for you oh no she you don't understand her her uniform is lined with tubes just full of piping hot coffee. <laughs> Uh, and, then, she then, and then she drinks it. Yeah, it's, 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 like, it's like, a still like that suit, thing in coffee. Dune. Yeah, the still suit. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but with coffee, and it's not 
Actually, the woman's drank so much coffee, it probably is just reclaimed. Like, she probably actually just sweats coffee at this point. Ew. But, um... That would be gross. That was, though. I mean, that... Like, Jesus. But Janeway's been like, so here's the deal. You either the deal, or I'll you freeze to death. You Your choice, asshole. Yep. What'd you say? <laughs> I'm watching Caitlin over here, and she's, and she's like... I'm trying to take a selfie. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what is going... Oh, she's... She's taking a so, selfie. She's either having a seizure or taking a selfie. I'm not sure which. We'll go off on the behind the scenes Discord that we don't have. But yeah, no, that that you know classic brutal Jane way, which I enjoy. Oh yeah. Because yeah, those aliens, they were like you know, because again, I'm I'm you know a stupid American. I don't know Celsius. So they were like, oh uh, yeah, it's like 45 or something. What's that? Like 90? Or I looked it up. No, it's 114 yeah, Fahrenheit. It's hot. Like those motherfuckers need it. And that was another thing I was because I remember like you know one of the things they did in First Contact. When the um, board, before they realized the board were mm. on board and they were fucking with the temperature. Borg on board. Yeah. The <laughs> actors were like, you know, they make sure to make the actual kind of schwitzy. And meanwhile, here it's 114 in sick bay, And everyone's just standing around like, this is fine. It's like, yeah. okay, the image is fine. The alien dude is fine. The rest of you should at least be like doing hand fans or something. Tuvok would be all right. Yeah, yeah Tuvok, Tuvok, you're right. Tuvok would be fine. But everyone should be like, just, just, just go up to the actor, spritz a little water on them so they look spritzy. Yeah, yeah. Unzip their collar a little more, all that. Yeah, like, they really were not paying any attention to temperature in this, aside yeah. from as lip service. Well, also, like, when the aliens were hanging out in the human habitat, they didn't seem to be uncomfortable. No, that's true. And it was bright. They also didn't very, like bright yeah, light. Yeah, it was very yeah, bright were, and, and human temperature. Like, at least have them wearing, like, goggles or Sunglasses, something. yeah. Jake also, I love that they, like, chase them into this cold. Look, you motherfuckers apparently like it really warm, and you did not invent the winter coat. Mm. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, go get some coats, come back. Well, the thing is, like, what species did they invade to get the cold planet? Because if they were doing a swap with the cold planet people, yeah, they wouldn't have lasted very fucking long. No, again, unless they brought coats, which... Yeah, maybe. They apparently don't have. I, it, yeah. We also I, never see the cold planet people. No, no. You think they notice people are charging around there like, you know, they just turn a corner and there's like a, you know, an, a fucking ambling snowman. Like, doo -doo -doo, like fucking yeah, frosty like top hat. Like a to or something. Yeah. Oh my God, yes. Mm. Something I did appreciate was, you know, so, so Janeway and whoever was hanging out with Janeway. I've already forgotten. They're going through the ship, being like, okay, let's figure out where we're going. And they actually, you know... It was Tuvok. Tuvok, thank you. And they shouldn't be able to read any alien ships. Well, it's they, not they, in their... they, they hand waved that by saying, oh, they have the Voyager database, so tap into the translation matrix. Yeah, oh. and I, I like that that was included, because otherwise I would be sitting here crossing my arms, being like, how did they read this? They can't read this. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that, I feel like that's something we've definitely come across before, where, like, just all alien displays are... Okay, to be fair, I, I didn't mention the other week, before our, our, ten, our recent 10 forward, in Distant Origin, that the Saurian species just brings up a, a, a thing, and they can read Voyager... And I say, mm. that's human English. Yep. Mm. Well, that well, true. But here's the thing. That, that notwithstanding, but on the alien ship in this episode, it's because every culture has their own version of Joni Ive. And they just <laughs> design everything to be, in, like, 
perfectly ergonomic and perfectly intuitive. What's a what's a Joni I? Yeah, I didn't he's, know he's that the he's the either. Apple product designer that designed like the the iPod. The and reason shit like that. The reason we live in a very boring looking cyberpunk dystopia is his fault. Yeah, that's, that's Joni yeah. I. It's it's, 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 the whole, it's the whole like super simple design one button. Uh. Yeah, like I actually don't think he works at Apple anymore. No, but he was there during like the early days of like the current. You know, he designed the first iPods and iPhones and all that. It's, it's the kind of thing where anyone from any culture could figure out how to work this thing. Yeah, exactly. The idea is that you don't, you have don't to, need the keyboard. You, you don't need to be told, or you don't need any like that whole Apple. That whole design philosophy was like, oh, you know, using a computer is hard because, like, in the nineties, you needed to be trained to know how yeah, to use you a needed, computer. You needed to type code just to log in. Yeah, well, maybe not that. Far. Oh, that's right to to, lo- to open DOS. Well, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. that was early nineties. Yeah, but I mean, like even just like Windows, like you like it's not super intuitive. Like the start button was a revolution. Yeah, it's true. So like the whole that whole Apple design philosophy is like, well, you should nobody should have to tell you how to use this computer. You should just be able to pick it up and immediately intuitively know how to use it. So maybe that's what the aliens yeah, are doing. Proves, proves Joni Ives wrong, because every time I even touch an Apple product, it bursts into flames. Well, that's because we're used to Windows machines, I think. Like, I, it's hard for me to be objective about that, because for me, Windows machines are very Yeah, I got intuitive. some of that training. Well, I mean, we had a computer in my house when I was, like, five. I yeah. mean, I, well, was running, I, had... I was running DOS to play, like, Wolfenstein and... 3D and shit. Yeah, when well, I was, yeah, that's the know, thing. I mean, we're, we're, we're of a generation where sh- that stuff, like, we were exposed to that stuff. Like, we, yeah. I mean, I'm sure in elementary school we were all playing on Apple IIs, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I honestly sometimes find it frustrating when I'm stuck using an Apple thing for any reason. It's like, I just, just give me the settings. I, I, I promise I know what to not hit so I don't break yeah. well, this so thing. That's why I prefer an Android phone to an Apple phone. Mm. So we're brought to you by Android but, Phone and Goodnight good night, Fatty. fatty and... But uh, I think for like, I think little kids and old people yeah. are better with Apple products. Apple products. Yeah. Hmm. And actually, to your, to your point, I was thinking, you know, again, times where like they were just able to intuit stuff. I mean, all, as far back as uh, Star Trek 3, when all the displays on the Bird of Prey are in Klingon, and Scotty's just like, this... this this he's just somehow just the shape of the keyboard or whatever makes it lets him figure out which one is like the main thruster array or some such mm-hmm. it's like what was it, it, the, was it the red button <laughs> uh it's a klingon ship they're all the red button yeah <laughs> oh, yeah. that's why they're so angry all the time that's right yeah so i think i think that's a new uh a new headcanon that the reason why everyone can use everybody else's technology is because it's just designed to be intuitive to humanoids like i bet you like uh you know, Borg technology would be hard to use. No, and in, in theory, like, that one should be the most universal because it's a mishmash of so many different cultures. It's just turned into, mm. like, something anyone gives. Oh, that's right. I don't know why Borg can, Borgs would even need a, a interface. Like, couldn't that's they, true. Couldn't, don't they just jack in? Yeah. They just jack in, jack, jack off. off, and mm. jack away. Maybe maybe all the interfaces are, are um, what's the word? vestigial from earlier days of the collective like they never got rid of them but they don't actually use them anymore mm. it's like it's like the appendix in the human body there you go they're there to just explode and cause trouble when it's dramatically appropriate or the leg bones and whales yes yeah. speaking of leg bones so tuvok gets to he got he must have gotten to the to the new habitat pretty early because he vanished pretty early in the in the in the people that were captive yeah but he scoped out the, like miles of this area by the time we catch up with him and he says oh yes i've i've run a whole marathon around this place to figure out where everything is you know what it is 
He found a really tall-ass tree and climbed it. <laughs> what I don't get, though, is, like, they find the door, mm-hmm. and it's right next to where he started. Yeah. It's like, it, it's like it's 20 feet from where they did the turned him into a tricorder thing. Yeah, it was like if he had just, if that had been the first place the image had looked instead of, like, you know, three hours later. Yeah, like, they would have been out of here a lot sooner. That's what it is, though. You know, you wouldn't think they'd put the door right fucking there. Yeah. Well, I don't know. The other door was right there, that's so true. maybe that's the front. Well, seems like, uh, yeah. No, it makes sense. If the people, if the, what are they called, Nereans, if the Nereans need to enter for any reason because someone's on fire or something, <laughs> you'd want to enter right at their main area. Mm. Now, I do find it, um... No. Bees. Is it bees again, Chris? No, it's fire this time. <laughs> Because I'm thinking not of an actual fire, but a Sims style. Yep. (laughs) Batman, bees, fire. I mean, the Sims. Like, things we just bring up a lot. So, the Voyager has been cut off from the Federation for many years at this point, and, you know, presumably for many years to come. How did Federation get a copy of the logs of this mission so that they could get the bright fucking idea to do the exact same thing to the Baku. <laughs> I, I thought of insurrection right That's away. Good. Or is that just, or is that just like coincidental convergence that the same v- villainous idea it's, occurred to a, a Admiral Daughtry? It's like Miri Planet. It's a, it's it's parallel development. <laughs> mm. People who want to pretend they're still the good guy while being the bad guy are going to have similar ideas. Yeah, yeah. Like every villain in Captain Planet. And I guess that also explains why they didn't just kill people in this episode. Same reason that they went through the trouble of uh, building the hollow ship in in Insurrection. Yeah, they wanted to feel like they were still moral when they really weren't. Yeah, but, you know, F. Murray had other ideas. Yeah, and also, those are our parents. We don't re- we As much as we want to kill, kill our parents, yeah, that's, that's, then, then we have to go to therapy no, I'm about sure, it. I'm pretty sure F. Murray was, would have been cool Oh, he was, killing. yeah, no, he was probably... That was just to placate the rest of his crew. F. Murray mm. was definitely just like, can't we just explode them? Yeah. Starfleet, you have your General Order 24. Can't we have one of those? Anyway, anything else on uh, Displaced? Duh. Did I say no? Well. Oh, but wait, one more one more great note I made when Chakotay and Tuvok are talking about how they're this reminds them of the of the, of the Starfleet survival program. Mm. We drink so much piss. Mm, a lot of urine. Just like Waterworld. Yeah, and then like Tuvok's like, well, <laughs> you know, on Vulcan, we drink more piss. Yeah. <laughs> Typical Tuvok. Seriously. I had to drink piss for four weeks straight. And I was only like a kid because... And it wasn't how, even my piss. That's how we do on Vulcan. <laughs> it wasn't even my piss, no. Actually, if you're going to drink piss, they say it's actually better to drink someone else's piss because there may be nutrients left behind from their piss that your body, that their body didn't... It's it's true. That's actually a fact. Oh, it's if so you're gonna, weird that someone's had to discover this. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to drink yeah, piss... Probably drink someone, Bear grills. That's... That's so that's your tip of the day, kids. If you're gonna drink piss, make sure it's someone else's. I mean, piss. this just sounds like something that the kink community has invented to get more people into water sports. Blah. They they don't need excuse anyway. That's true. They don't. Spe- speaking of dirty, things, dirty sons of bitches that Voyager shouldn't have or whatever. Janeway had a first contact phaser rifle at one point in worst case. Schenectady. Schenectady. 
I keep seeing the word written down, and I know it's scenario, but it, because it starts S C, I just my brain. Brain. Um, brain. So brain? in in um, worst case, skin skin it. Fuck it. Bolana is hang is walking down the hall of the Voyager, and she gets approached by her old buddy uh, Chakotay. Chakotay. And um, you watch this episode, Jake? Yeah. Okay. And he's like, uh, Jake's doing a bit, and I don't know why. Is that a bit? <laughs> it is early, and uh, and he's like, "Hey, buddy, how's it going?" And she's like, "It's all right." He's like, "Yeah, that Tulak's a real tool, huh?" And she's like, "More yeah. like Toolvok, am I right?" <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. Uh, and she's like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, so how about a mutiny? And she's like, sure, bro. So, yeah, it turns out Chakotay's planning a mutiny. And, um... Who knew he had it in So he's like, yeah, hey. I was gonna say, which, once again, more McKee than we ever see him McKeeing before. So he's like, when I give the signal, we do the mutiny. Um, and then he yells, signal! <laughs> and then he, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he literally, like, all hands, let's do this! <laughs> uh, my safe word is safe word. It's a good one. <laughs> And so they do this true. little mutiny. They shoot uh, Janeway and Tom are off the ship conveniently, and Tuvok gets shot, and Harry Kim gets shot, and and we've got a mutiny on our hands. And uh, it was quick and mostly painless, except for they they specifically set the phasers to pain mode when they shot Harry. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we're walking. We got we basically you know we've locked down all the Federation people in quarters and. We have to go and sweep the ship, and we're having a great time, and it's a great mutiny, and Delana's having a great time, and she looks a little confused, but it's not so bad. And then we're walking down, we're going to go visit everybody in the cargo bay where they're being held, and then Seska's there, and she wait, 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 what? Seska? What? That bitch is dead! And then Tom walks in, but wait a minute, he was off the fucking ship! Oh, what's going on? The fucking continuity on this show is garbage! <laughs> And one of Chapel's sleeves is red. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it turns out that they're on the holodeck. They're on the holodeck. Villana's on the holodeck and Tom's on the holodeck. Everybody else is a hologram. And and Tom's like, what the fuck are you doing? I thought you were going to be in here jerking off, but instead you're just playing with your hologram action figures. And Villana's <laughs> like, this is fucking awesome, dude. It's a fucking video game I found on the computer when I was looking for new porn. And, and I, I decided to play it. And it's really fun. And there's like a mutiny and you get to play as a, as a security officer and you get to choose sides. It's fucking cool. And, and it we, does sound like an awesome video game, which I wish they Seska. made. Yeah. And uh, Tom's like, oh, cool. Can I try? So he plays the game, but of course he fucks it up. He goes, he goes good. He, you know, Aww. he chooses light side mode. I like that. It's a renegade. What's the other one in Paragon. Mass Effect? There you go, Paragon. Yeah, and then he, but then you know, he does, he does the old double, double cross, and you know, it's just, it's, it's fun. And then it turns out that, like everybody's playing. Neelix is playing it. Harry's been playing it. Everyone on the ship's playing it. Eventually, you know, Janeway's like, so I hear there's this cool new video game about a mutiny, and everyone's like, oh shit, we're getting to get in trouble. And she's like, that sounds fucking cool. I want in on that. But first, we got to figure out who wrote it, and because they really tried to hide their identity, and so find out who wrote it, and we won't punish them. <laughs> and uh, well, yes, yeah, she wants to know how it fucking ends. Like, yeah, everyone well, that's, else. that's the other thing is like the program doesn't have an ending; like it, it just stops at a certain point, and so everyone's pissed off. They want they want it to be finished. So Tuvok's like, you know what? You don't worry about it. Guess what? I'm fucking 
mystery author. I did that. I did that shit. A lot of emotions in this in this game. So like, what? You're the fucking author? That's awesome. Can you please finish? And he's like, no, it was it was meant as a tactical simulation because I was worried that there might be a mutiny. So I wanted to like train the security staff on how to handle a mutiny. And I decided to like put way too much work in it into it for that. But you know, eventually I was just like, you know what? There's not gonna be a mutiny. Eh, fuck it. So they're like, yeah, but it's actually a lot of fun, so can you please finish it anyway? And he's like, no. And then Janeway's like, dude, fucking chill. Finish the fucking game. And he's like, god damn it. Fine, we'll release it as DLC. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I'm going to hand it off to somebody else. So Tom Paris like, yeah, I'll finish it. And then he like starts goofing it and making all sorts of crazy shit. And Tuvok comes in and is like, dude, you don't know how to write for shit. The thing is, he's not wrong. And uh, so Tuvok's like, fine, I'll finish it with you. I'll help you out. So they go, they try to they try to finish it together. And as soon as Tuvok opens up the file in edit mode, it just starts playing randomly. And they're in the brig for some reason. And Seska shows up and she's like, hey, so I found out about your little game that you were playing, Tuvok. And, you know, so I, and this is the real Seska speaking. So like, I like fucked with it and made it into this fucking horror show that I'm about to put you through. And uh, I'm going to kill you because uh, I don't like you. So, uh, yeah, I fucked with your little your little video game, Tuvok, and now you're going to die. And he's like, fuck. So now the Tom and uh, Tuvok are trapped in the holodeck. And they go, they're like, uh, Tom gets shot with a phaser and, you know, he's kind of okay, but they go to, they go to the holodeck version of sickbay to see, like, maybe we can use some of the holodeck stuff to treat you. And there's an evil version of the doctor (laughs) there. All right. Jesus. Another evil doctor. Yeah, there's an evil version of the doctor. Some some sort of acid. Citric acid. Salt in the wound. Or nitric acid. I think it was acid, yeah. you know, some kind of acid, but he was like, he made a joke that it was like salt in the wound, and you know, it was really, it was nice, it was well done. Uh, then he literally throws them out of sick bay and says, "Fuck off." I bet Picardo loved that. Yeah. So. And... Oh yes, one hundred percent. Only could have been better if he had like, if he sang that song. Uh, that Steve Martin gets in Little Shop of Horrors where he talks about how much he loves causing people pain or whatever. <laughs> mm. So outside the holodeck, they, uh, they've realized that something's gone wrong. And uh, so they start, like, activating cheat codes and giving them, like, little helpy, helpful things, like simulating an attack on the ship to distract people. And they try to talk the Chakotay hologram into not murdering them. And he's like, yeah, sure, I won't murder them. And Seth is like, no, we must murder! And then Tuvok does the old program, the phaser, to, to feedback and blow you up and gives it to hologram Seska and she kills herself. And, uh, and we get out and then the program ends because they defeated the boss. So this didn't occur to me until right now. Good. Proof of a good episode. What was Seska's plan? Chaos. She's a chaos agent. Like, that's it. That's is, all you gotta she know. She didn't know she was going to be off the ship and that's, dead. That's what I was thinking. Like... Like, she what? might have known she would be off the ship. Like, what if... Like, she didn't know... Well, they said that she accessed it a month before she left Voyager. Oh, that's fucking risky. So, oh, yeah, I so that. what if Tuvok had opened the file before she left? Maybe she was planning some kind of saving the day. Like, maybe she had the kill switch, the, mm. the, the safe word for the program. But the program will. had already told Tuvok what was going or on. Or may, maybe, like, she put something in there so that... 
she had to like activate it or or she maybe if she knew she was leaving. Oh uh, yeah, ship. maybe she activated it on her way out as like a maybe one like, last goodbye. In a way, it is very Cardassian of her, this whole long term mm-hmm. hidden in a computer scheme. Oh yeah. But on the other hand, it's a little Romulan because yeah. I don't feel like she thought through all the potential. I mean, angles. it's a little Romulan in that it was such a fucking delayed thing. That's no, like, Cardassians no, have done thing. that too. It's just it's, true. A Cardassian would have thought through more angles, it seems like, than she did. Mm. Though, even uh, Dukat got caught up by his own security program that time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it is very, it is very much uh, tension bajoran workers. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I liked it. I liked all the little uh, touches that they did to remind you, even subtly, even before we meet Seska, I think Chakotay radios Jonas. He does, yeah. yeah, and, I, yeah. and I was like, oh, that's so, like, if you were paying attention, you'd have already realized that, oh, okay, something's not, obviously, something's not right yeah, here. Yeah, it is a different actor doing the Jonas line, which is kind of strange, but whatever. I yeah, guess they didn't want to pay him. that actor again. But also, like, because I knew there was going to be. A thing, a foot, a foot, a thing. Uh, you notice, like, Janeway's got her hair in the bun again. Mm-hmm. Is the first thing I think you see that's like, wait a minute, she doesn't do that with her hair anymore. What? She did that in seasons one and two. Well, the, one, actually, one of the, the first signs something is weird is that Alana's wearing a pip, not a maquis bar. Mm. Well, she was a character in the show, though. She was a character, she was, that was her character that yeah, wasn't her. Yeah, if you were the audience, yeah, yeah, that's you, right, would, yeah. you would be like, oh yeah, Bola- yeah, yeah, you'd be Bola- like, is wearing the wrong uniform. Yeah, so yeah. why is she wearing it? Oh, that's it's like, a good did, point. did the costumers fuck up? That's a good point. But yeah, well, there's it that. be the first time the costumers fucked up. No, exactly. So at first you might just be like, wow, that's a big one though. Didn't Pat push, like, point that out immediately? He was like, she's got an ensign pip or something, and I was like. See, I, I. Vaguely, I wasn't even looking. I, was like, I vaguely remembered what was going on with this episode, so I didn't say it out loud, so I didn't want to give it away. Okay, but like as soon as Chakotay was like, want to do a mutiny, I was like, this isn't real. There's no way this is real. Well, yeah, What's happening? But then, but then you want to you want to know like how, why isn't this? How real? are they going to show that it, this isn't real? Why isn't this right, real? Yeah, like is it a flashback to like something that actually did happen? Yeah, I it, thought maybe it was like a dream sequence mm, for a minute. Mm. Like Bolana was having that's her idea of like sexy Klingon dreams. Is, yeah. Mutineering is it is it alien influence trying to fuck yeah. with them? But yeah, it does build like you know. There's there's like Janeway's hair. There's oh, getting used to your duties as first officer. It's like we're in season three. What? Yeah, the? right. Um, and yeah, Jonas. This is Jane, Janeway's first trip off the ship. What? No, it's yeah. not. Yeah. Though to be fair, her first trip off the ship probably was like three seconds after he became first officer because Star Trek makes sense once again. Mm-hmm. There was more, even more continuity in that no matter what was going to happen, they were going to make sure Harry had a bad day. Yeah. True, Harry. true. Writing a hollow novel must be an enormous pain in the ass. Because you're essentially always having to write a choose-your-own-adventure. Yeah. But you have to be able to anticipate. Like, you, you must have to give it, like, here's basically, like, all the threads that I kind of want to have happen but i also have to program personalities so Mm. that if the audience not only doesn't choose the real option or the elephant option and just comes up with their own the program can adapt like it must be nightmarish but they wouldn't have to do all that work because they would have access to the psychological profiles and all the other shit tuvok would definitely have that so he could very easily populate his characters with like how they would actually respond well that's what i mean but i'm what i'm talking about is like say you're writing a completely original one with oh a yeah an original based one, yes. on like you just have to like you have to write a story but also write 
characters so that the computer can extrapolate. Like, it must be... Well, well, I know that when, 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 you know, when it ends the first time and Tom's like, uh, no, let's keep going. The computer's like, there's no more narrative parameters. So yeah. Like, so it's not like, yeah, so it, it definitely seems that way, that you're just, you're inputting, like, the the bounds like these are the key things that need to happen in the scenario yeah and then the computer fills it in yeah it does its best to keep you as close to the core path it's kind of like curb your enthusiasm there's no script but there's you know here's what we need to get to but i i think i think it was interesting how you know like neelix is a turncoat in Mm. the simulation and then neelix later says i would never act that way and it's true but because at the time that that Tuvok was working on this, yeah. he didn't really know Neelix yet. Yeah. So now he would probably just make him like a mustache twirling vi- villain <laughs> because right. he hates him so much. No, no. What he would do is he would have a. Uh, it's like he would have Neelix just killed early on. It's like mm. they weren't killing anyone. It was an accident. He like slipped trying to stop one of the mutineers and hit his head. <laughs> he wasn't even there. He died of a completely unrelated accident <laughs> in the kitchen, and I never had to hear him say Mister Vulcan again. He, he died eating his own food. He got scared and shit himself. <laughs> to death. To death. No. Felix. Um, yeah. He did have uh, Chakotay's number pretty early on, though. It's like, on the one hand, I could see him having a mutiny. On the other hand, I could see him being really friendly about it. Yeah. On the other other hand, I could definitely see him being Seska's little bitch. Oh, yeah. There, there was one thing I did quite like was, at you know, towards the end when they're mocking Hollow Seska... It's like, ah, yes, all this, a complete fiction. Like a Chakotay that's into you. What? (laughs) Mm. Oh, yeah, that that was great. And, and like, this, it was pretty obvious, like, in the scene in in the transporter room where, like, they briefly make out. You are such an incredible woman. (laughs) Super, super fan. It's clear that, yeah, Seska did not follow the edicts of poetry or whatever the fuck it was i mean for all that they kind of goof on that like he's not wrong like if you're writing a story and characters suddenly how many times have we said this feels out of character and Mm -hmm. that is bad yeah because you really notice when characters are are behaving weird yeah like i mean yeah see the tholian web in tos and where the whole episode we're like why is this why are they acting like this yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's like no tom he's He's right. I'm. I, I mean, I'm. I'm sure some Earth author has said something quite similar. No, but Vulcan said it best, according to two. Oh yeah, no. In fact, I mean, the that's, Klingons yeah. probably said it best in the original Klingon. Kling- mm. Well, Shakespeare. They learned it from Shakespeare, who of course was a Klingon. Yes, as we know, Klingon. <laughs> you just keep saying Klingon. It makes me laugh. I don't even mean to anymore. It just happens. I was at the very beginning of this episode. I was almost hoping that this was just just going to be a comedy episode, mm. and it was just going to be how each character deals with the program, and it would have been a good episode in and of itself. I would like to have seen Janeway's run. Yes, just the full chaos run. I, I feel Set like the sh- ship to adult self destruct, escape with Tom for some reason. Well, I, so I, they can become lizards and go have babies. I feel like she would do like yeah you know, when she's trying the mutineer run. She joined the mutiny and then almost immediately take it over. <laughs> that sounds right. Be like, I'm going to run this mutiny better than you. I most wanted to see how Neelix would do it because mm. it would just be, he'd fail it within seconds. He, he would not be able to bring himself to do a non-Paragon run. That's true. Yeah. 
And I, I, I like the sequence where everybody is trying to get their two cents in on how the story yeah. should end. Oh, yeah. Good. Including and the Doctor. Including is, the Doctor. It is some good comedy in Star Trek. Because mm. no, oftentimes they go too far with it and you're like, yeah. this is, feels out of place in this episode. But everyone was perfectly in character. Neelix saying, I think you should write a story about a, about a chef on a, on a starship. I mean, it, that, that would basically be, um, oh God, what's that Steven Seagal movie? I don't know any Steven Seagal movies. I mean, I haven't seen any, but it was one of his big ones back when he was slightly less of a joke. Like, back when he was still taken semi-seriously, where he's like, is it under siege? He's like a former Navy badass who, like... Oh, was it the train one? Are they on a train? I think that might be the sequel. Oh, okay. But yeah, either way, he's like, he's a former badass who got drummed out for some reason, and now he's a cook. And, like, he has to single-handedly save a train I mean, or a ship that, or something. Isn't that every Steven Seagal movie? Former badass no, has and, to do something? Un, in some, in a lot of them, he is a current badass. Mm. I don't know anything of Steven Seagal's work. It's all bad. All I know is, I can't like, even picture who Steven Seagal he, is. Oh, he's the goofiest-looking motherfucker you can imagine. That's, okay, that's yeah, the, Gary Busey. So the first one, yeah. <laughs> the first one's on a boat. He's a former Navy SEAL who's now, like, a cook for... Reasons I don't know because I've never seen it. And yeah, Under Siege 2 is the one on a train. I mean, the, the funniest thing about Steven Seagal, and really all I know about him is what I've seen from like uh, like YouTube videos about Steven Seagal, uh, is, you know, today he's basically doing these extremely low-budget action films. Yeah. But they're all basically... The same. The same premise, which is he's a badass, but he's like, he's like a 300-pound man like he's not not 300 pounds of muscle not 300 pounds of muscle like he's just so like he he's wearing like this tactical gear that's clearly too small for him he's carrying around like a rifle that looks tiny because he's a giant interestingly uh yeah dude he's huge apparently he's also a monster oh yeah he's also like steven seagal is buddies with vladimir putin that's not makes sense yeah but yeah uh, look at how huge he is compared to him though wow but yeah, uh, r- r- uh, frequent guest Liz was mentioning to me recently about a podcast that has covered multiple bad people, and the way she put it was they only did two episodes on Reagan, they did three on Seagal. Wow. Uh, I do not remember the name of that podcast, so Liz, uh, can you just drop that in the comments? I mean, Thank you. here's the thing, here's <laughs> the thing though. Reagan is definitely worse than Steven Seagal. Oh, yeah, yeah. But unquestionably. But, but they just had more material for Seagal, apparently. I don't know, uh, Seagal is friends with Vladimir Putin. Yeah, but... Reagan is Reagan. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, like, he's... like Reagan's like as close to literal evil incarnate as you can get. Also, just like the number of times you can see like maybe Kissinger's worse. I don't know. It's a tight one. He was pretty bad, but he also probably kept Nixon from going full Nixon. Yeah, that's that's see, I Kissinger imagine, was never in charge. Not having heard whatever podcast you're talking about, I can imagine it also being like the evils they're talking about with Reagan would be the concise evils. Yeah. But whenever, like, I feel like digging into someone like Steven Seagal, they'd be like, do they just go down a tangent and be like, yeah. this came up, so we're going to f- talk for a yeah. half an hour about it. What, what kind of podcast would go, go on, on tangents? tangents. <laughs> I'll, say, I'll, say this. I'll say this. Like, I don't know about actual evil shit that Steven Seagal's done, but I like, I probably wouldn't want to listen to this podcast because I kind of like thinking of him as this, like, goofy joke. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's that's fair. Sorry, how did we get on this? Oh, because I compared Neelix to Under Siege. There you go. My wow. fault. Again. Usually. Usually is. 
But uh, Batman. I was just going to say, anything about Batman today? <laughs> but yeah, I I would love to have seen the EMH try it. I feel like he would definitely try, like, both and go from there. Yeah, but here's the thing. Also, like, EMH, not great at, at like, holodeck shit. True. You know, when he did his family, <sighs> didn't do a great job. But see, he, he, he didn't so write upset. this. I know, I know. But that's why I, I'm glad that whatever ideas he had for Tuvok, uh, probably best that they were left on the cutting room. Bolana could have probably written some good shit because she she came up with the more realistic family scenario. True, mm. true. Uh, what was with their little mutineer outfits? I wrote down that they looked like the kind of costumes that you would put on a Fraggle. I mean, those are cool. <laughs> oh, they did look they like did, Fraggles, kinda. but I feel like those were kind of close to the Maquis. Yeah, outfits. It was just it's just supposed to be civilian clothes. Yeah. That's civilian clothes. Star Trek civilian clothes are almost always terrible. everything clashes with everything else yes. that they wear. Yes, it does. Well, it was the nineties. True. It was kind of the the season of clashing everywhere. Yeah, I mean, think like any time '90s Trek tried to do civilian clothes was a fucking nightmare. Mm. Well, because like they were trying to extrapolate what clothing would look like, but they were basing it on the '90s, yeah, exactly. which was possibly the most aesthetically bankrupt decade of the 20th century. Yeah, so and like, I know the '70s and '80s existed. So I feel like. The Maquis outfits are like what they thought of as the natural evolution of grunge style. Mm, yeah. You know, like, huh, they probably won't have, you know, plaid shirts, but they'll have stupid burlap vests. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I didn't like the pattern, but I did like Chakotay's shirt. Because it was like, I don't know, it was semi-casual, but had this like little collar thing around the back that I kind of liked. and. Did we ever? I wish we have if we hadn't, but uh, I wanted to see what Neelix's version of Maquis attire would have been. Probably exactly the they, they, they just let him keep yeah. wearing his sofa jacket. True. The worst. I wonder if in the... So Neelix obviously turns coat. I wonder what, what if Kess in the scenario chooses to turn coat as well. No. We, see no her, we don't see that far. We don't so. see that far, mm. but we do see her in the, in, the, um, in the crowd in the shuttle bay or in the cargo bay. So it's possible she... Because at that point, Neelix and Kess would have still been together. I could see her maybe not necessarily turning so much as just being like, they're still going to need medical assistance, I have to keep helping the doctor. Mm. But not necessarily being into it in a big way, you know? Yeah. But also maybe not actively trying to foil them because she wouldn't know how. I wonder if when they were making like these two episodes, if Jennifer Lean was already kind of half out the door. Because... They really, like, she is seen in the mm. background in Displaced, and she has one line, I think, in this show, and then is seen in the background a couple times. Mm-hmm. We, we recently got a big one with her in Before and After. Yeah, but but then, but since then, she really hasn't done much. Yeah, but that, you know, that's, that's just how it is with them sometimes. I mean, yeah, it's true. You just, someone just doesn't do much for several episodes because the writers just didn't know what to do with them, so they didn't do anything. Yeah, also, I feel like, Voyager might have the most what you would consider main characters of mm. any show. Um, That's true. There are a lot of them. There are a lot of characters because you know I know on something like Deep Space Nine, a lot of the character they have a lot of recurrent, like often recurring characters, but they're not there every episode. Right, and when they were like sort of shoehorned in, it was always obvious. You know, it was like, oh well, there's Cisco with the one requisite line that he has in his writer. You know what I mean? So it mm. almost feels more. Uh, like organic and you're yeah. not always always there there yeah we'll have to see well I have to save the rest of the season but there's only one episode left yeah 
Very cool. Yeah, the last thing I wanted to bring up about, actually it ties into both these episodes, is I was getting a lot of like Hunger Games vibes in that, mm. you know, in, in Displaced, it was like, they put these people into, a, into a, an environment that they can control and program to be a certain way. And that kind of felt like, I don't know why I got Hunger Games vibe out of that. But in this one, it's the same thing. It's like mm. they're in a, they're in an environment that is being controlled, and it just reminded me of the moments in Hunger Games where they're like, "Let's install the angry bees just for Chris." Yay! Yay. Um, or let's install, you know, an attack happens because they just decide there's not enough stuff going on. <laughs> the bee power is the best power in Bioshock. Anywho, yeah, so I think, you know, both of these, I think we're, I think we had a good week. Yeah. It was definitely a good week. Yeah, yeah, definitely a fun week. I think it was extra, extra fun just seeing Seska appear for no reason. It was very much like how, hey, let's bring back Denise Crosby because we like having her around. Was, if only let's they bring back Martha Hackett for fun. If only they could have gotten Hogan back. <gasps> Hogan! Yeah, what was stopping him? No. Dang. Back in England or something? Is he English? pretty sure I, I feel like i looked him up and he was a secret english was that a jonas secret english no i think jonas turned out to be in mass effect I'm yeah i think hogan's a secret english, english. Oh, you, were, you thought jonas might be canadian or something right yeah. yeah because yeah because the character he played actually is yeah it's funny because it's in it's in mass effect a game by a canadian publisher with a lot of canadian actors and the one character who is very explicitly stated to be canadian is voiced by a non-Canadian. <laughs> it's like, really? Strange. Mm. It is strange. Yeah. Speaking of secret, secret Canadians and secret Englishers, we have a secret Cardassian uh, when, when we get just get Seska. Yeah. That's so fun. And yep. I really loved that her level of scheming because it was very Cardassian and Maquis levels of scheming yep. combined. And yep. Good on her, mm -hmm. uh, which means today we're going to wrap up our alien conversations that we've been having for a lot of this season with a Cardassian day. Yay. My favorite fucking day. <laughs> yeah, really, this must have been the hardest one for you yet, Ames. This was a tough one because I wanted to make sure, you know, there are a lot of good contenders on the list. There are some very obvious answers. In fact, mm -hmm. I'll just go first because my, my first answer is going to be the obvious answer. Because if I didn't say Dukat, then who the fuck would I yeah, even Yeah, you'd be name? lying if you didn't. If I, if, I did, if I said Dukat and didn't say Dukat for the other two, I'd still be lying. But I'm going to do that anyway because I'm a filthy, filthy liar. Like a Cardassian. Uh, but yeah, Dukat, number fucking one. Like, they treat that character like such a full villain, like a fully developed villain with, like, rationality, and you can see how his mind works, and he's got, like, a life. We can see how his mind works, and it makes us feel greasy and gross. And somehow we want to feel greasy and gross. Oh, yeah, no, I he can get it. He wants to wash his clothes on that on that washboard nose. Ew. Wow. Oh, you're not wrong, but oh. What would you call Cardassian teabagging? Anyway. Washboarding? Nope. <laughs> we're not. We're not doing that. Too late. Already did. Washboarding. It's in the books. But it wouldn't be Cardassian, though. It would be Bajoran, Caitlin. Well, that's true, but. Fixed your joke. Thanks. I didn't want to. <laughs> uh, sounded so sad. I feel it's like you're very, very pained. Thank I you. just wanted to talk about my love for Ducat, which is creepy and wrong. Listen, it's creepy as wrong as the things Caitlin says. I was going to say, I'm sorry, but if you're going to love Ducat, you have to get used to the fact that that's how it's going to be. Fair. Yeah, so he's number one all, 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 all fucking time. Uh, I'm going to skip some of the more other common ones because I wanted to make sure I put a couple other good ringers on my list because I want to say I love Mila. 
Mm. She's good. Oh, Mila is great. She's Mila's great. If she, you know, just because I need her on my list because she's really cool and she's extra, extra cool. Uh, make sure if 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 you haven't yet read uh, Andy Robinson's book, A Stitch in Time, really because there's to. Mila in there, and I love that Andy Robinson makes it. I'm gonna say it's canon. Fuck it, it's canon. Oh yeah. Uh, that Mila is Garrick's mom, and I love that. Oh, spoilers, but yay. But it also, but that also means that uh, Garrick's dad was. Fucking the help, which fucking is a little bit creepy. Yeah. I mean, his, his dad is a little bit creepy. To his dad game. is the worst. Well, he's I mean. a Cardassian. By default, he's a little bit creepy. Well, he's a Cardassian and high up in the Obsidian Order. Like. Yeah, and they make it makes he makes it make sense in the book a lot. Where yeah, an Abertain is still a fucking prick, but you know it, it fills out the world and you understand Garrick's backstory and it's it really like the best Star Trek novel I think. So. Mm. Check that out. I own it. I really have to read it. Oh, do it, do it. It's quite good. Well, I mean, I own it. I have a, a ebook. I wish I could find a real copy. Oh yeah. Every time someone on ship posting, like, I hate them all. Holds one up and says, "I found this for like a buck fifty. I'm like, "Fuck you." <laughs> but no, Mila, Is love it out her. Out of print. Oh yeah, big yeah. time out of print. Yeah. Uh, and I'm gonna give my last one. T- I was thinking an Abrantane, but cl- close. Uh, I'm gonna say Galma Dread. And which one is that? Is that? David that, Warner? Yeah, that is, and there are four lights. four lights, fucking bitches. Because mm, um, he's one He's one of our early Cardassians. I think he, he sets the tone for what Cardassians are really going to be. And a lot of what they establish with him does end up carrying over. Yeah, and I just find, like, the 1984 undertones are really fun. I love that he thinks what he's doing is good and right and he shows his daughter like this is a human humans are beneath us they don't matter they Mm. hate they hate their own children so let's torture this one Mm -hmm. and i find that like just utterly fascinating and it's such a great portrayal and go fucking madrid yay nice i want to go next okay do it so you know we were discussing this beforehand but like the tricky thing is there's there's so many good options like especially in ds9 i was saying like there are very few you know, Cardassians that have, like, more than two lines. You know, like, any Cardassian that's got, like, a name and is relevant to a plot, mm. with the exception of that Phantom of the Opera one. Oh, that dick. That isn't a compelling character. Like, they're just all great. So it was really tricky. But at the end, I kind of just went with, like, I know what I gotta do. Number three, Maritza. Oh, good one. From Duet. Mm-hmm. Just Which one's she again? I don't remember. He, he, he's a, that one who he was, like... to be a... a a war, war criminal. criminal and then and and everyone wanted to kill him Kira wanted to kill him and they figured out that he was just pretending he had been like a file clerk who so like was he trying to do suicide by cop for some reason I don't well so involved. it was this this is an early-ish one it's like a first season episode. this is why i'm doing a rewatch by the way because well, you've, you've already can't. passed it because it's first season oh well then i've already not remembered it but yeah he's he was like a file clerk at at a Bajoran work camp and basically knew exactly what was going on but couldn't bring himself to do anything about it and is now trying to sort of pay for his cowardice by pretending to be this other guy so that he can be executed so there be some accountability for the Cardassians. Wow. He was um, he was played by the judge from Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. Helps. Yes, he was. Doesn't. Yeah. I've never seen He it. was the guy who had a disease that you could only get if you were in a certain explosion, and Kira was like, oh, it's a Bajoran friend of mine, and then it's a Cardassian, she's like, you're a fucking war criminal. Yeah, it's a great that episode. Guy. It's, it's... Definitely, yeah, definitely the best episode of season one. Yeah. For sure. Um, I have to rewatch it for a third time. It's very good, and Kira and he have a, like, a fucking heartbreaking moment. Yeah, no, it's really, it's fantastic. Uh, Damar. Yay! Uh, introduced just kind of as a seemingly background character. 
in, you know, during Ducat's pirate period. Good period. And you're just like, wow, they seem to be really focusing on this guy. Oh, because he's going to become super important Mm. um, and become sort of, you know, a major player. And we get to watch him descend into despair and alcoholism and then become the leader of a goddamn rebellion and all this. Kill the fuck out of Zial. Yeah, that too. You son of a bitch. Mm. Yeah, really fascinating character. Yeah. Uh, And Garrick. Because Garrick. I mean... I felt so bad not putting Garrick on my list, but it's like, I know you fuckers are going to put Garrick on your list. So, so, yeah. we, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. All right, I can go. Do it. So I, do, I have some overlap with Chris. So I have Eamon Maritza. Nice. A.K.A. Galdar Heel, for all the reasons we just talked about. You know, he's a good man. You know, he may have been misguided in uh, what he did, uh, but at the end of the day, like, he felt true remorse for being a part of, even as just a file clerk, being a part of, you know, the, the occupation and the deaths of so many people. Yeah. So and it's so well acted too. Yeah, yeah, very well acted and like the scenes with Kira are just amazing. Uh, and he's got, you know, a tragic end, which sucks for yeah. him. Yeah. So yeah, I love uh, I love Eamon. So good on ya. I also said Damar. I think of possibly of every character in Star Trek, he has the most character arc. Uh, How do you compare him to Nog? That's a lot of character arc. More. He's got, really? I think he's got more character arc Ooh, than not. Because, because, you know, because he starts out as kind of just a fucking goon, right? He's just one of Ducat's goons. You know, he he sinks to the depths of, of shit by killing Zial. Then he becomes the leader of, of the, the, the Dominion-occupied Cardassia. Mm-hmm. His whole alcoholism... He gets uh, to chew the scenes with Wayun. He gets to chew scenes with Wayun. He's Good. just a bastard. And then he makes that whole redemption in, by the end and, you know, having to work with, you know, Kira to as part of the, the rebellion, you know, basically becoming the thing that he hates, which is a Bajoran uh, insurgent. And then becoming, you know, the fucking George Washington of the new Cardassia or you know, whatever, and sacrificing himself and a noble sacrifice to take take back the planet. Washington never would have done that. No, no. Washington was a little bitch. Um, <laughs> everyone knows that. But he was uh, six foot twenty and weighed a fucking ton. <laughs> he likes children, but not the British children. Yeah, exactly. And I heard that motherfucker had like thirty goddamn dicks. <laughs> Um, Jake only recently showed me this video because I'd never seen it. Oh my it's god, it's so good! Fucking can we, can we, bizarre. Can we, do a, can we do a parody of that video, but about Damar? What's his? Do we have like a first or last name? For no, him? actually, we could probably do it about Ducat too if we wanted to, because he's he's similar. Well, no, Ducat, you got to do a parody of Duhast. Ah, <laughs> oh my fucking god, Ducat, um, yeah, so <laughs> I don't know. I don't great. know for sure that he has the best arc, but he does have a very good arc. Yeah, and I think you, there's debate, and you could say yeah, Nog might 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 compete as well. But I think Demar uh, ticks all the boxes. Uh, and then for my last one, perhaps the obvious choice to Kenny Gamore. Oh yay! I w- I wanted him on my list too, but I couldn't fit him. Um, Which one is that? He is Kira's dad. Uh, oh, from, he's a good from, one. From, there you go. Uh, from second, from second skin, yeah. Um, where uh, and like again, he's just another good guy. Yeah. Where he, I mean, he gets caught up in the Subsidian Order plot yep. that manipulates him into thinking that Kira is his daughter, who's dead. Yeah. Obviously, got to be, got to be dead. And like 
Yeah, because in that the episode's so well done because you know it pulls the wool over your eyes. You think, "Wow, Kira is the victim of this horrible plot," and then by the end, you realize, "No, Kira is a pawn. This yeah. guy's the victim." I love that episode, um, but not to downplay it. I mean, for her, it's going to be horrible too. Oh yeah, no, it, it sucks for her as well. But, but yeah, it's, yeah, she's, she's not even get, the target. She's right. not even the target, and she's just it's just because she kind of looks like. His daughter. Mm. Did you say this is a little, was a little like the defector where we realize, oh, the guy that's defecting is the one that's getting fucked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. a lot. It's a lot. It's, Damn it's it. very similar. And in the same, you know, in the same way, you know, he's just at the end of the age is a good man. And I liked that he and Kira kind of stayed in touch, and we see him again later, which is nice because I think in a weird way, Kira, since she, you know her father was you know, tortured and killed. I assume, right? Was he tortured and killed? Or? I think he just died. Yeah, I think he died I on a raid. I mixing her up with Roe. Roe's dad was tortured Yeah, Roe's dad. In front of her. He died on a raid or something, I want to yeah, say. Yeah, okay. So, but either way, like, Kira's dad is dead. No, he died of, like, illness while she was on a raid. That's right. Oh, that's right. That's she right. left his side. Yeah. And yeah. She always there. felt guilty about yeah, it. Yeah. Um, Which yeah. is why she stays by... Kenny. Yeah. So yes, like, so yes, like yes, yes. He dies. Oh, yeah, another really good episode. Yeah, yeah so... No, so and he kind of becomes a surrogate father for her, which, you know, again, is another one of those weird things where it's like a Cardassian, someone that Kira is predisposed to loathe, mm. uh, becomes like her surrogate father in a weird way. Yeah. Which is, uh, yeah, beautiful thing. Mm. Well, thanks for stealing my thunder, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Takeni Gamore is the top of my list. <gasps> nice. Because I love Takeni Gamore. I love him too. For all the reasons Jake just said. And. Yeah, I just love the moments with him and Kira. Even and I love the scene when they part ways in that in Second Skin when she's like, "Oh, here's like your wife's jewelry back or whatever," oh, yeah. and he's like, "Nope, oh, yeah. you should you keep it, it because you know I want you to have it." Yeah. And, and uh, it's just so good. I love it. Good dad. Yeah. Good fake um, dad. Good fake dad. Found family, you know. I also. <laughs> I don't know if she's like really one of my favorites, but I wanted to mention her because I love her. So we're going to say she is. Galora Rajal. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's one of the scientists that comes to Deep Space Nine. One of the three serpents, so Mm -hmm. they think. She's the one that thinks O'Brien is hitting on her. (laughs) That's pretty good, yeah. And that's kind of cool, too, because it's like you can tell that he's kind of into it. Like, I kind of feel like there is. And it's almost as weird as Kira having like a Bajoran adoptive dad because... Mm. You know, Miles, as, as much as David Warner's character taught us what uh, what Cardassians really were, Miles O'Brien taught us how to be racist against the Cardis. Um, <laughs> the and... only race it's okay to be racist against in the Federation is the Ferengi, damn it. The ones who've done nothing to us. Exactly. So, um, but anyway, I, I love, because I, again, as I said, I've been re-watching and I watched this episode not that long ago. And I just love them, and I. That was a. Pretty and I love part. the like reveal when she's like, "What are you not trying to mate with me?" And he's like, <laughs> "What?" And it's great. So anyway, I love her, and then I'm really torn in the end between Ducat and Garrick. Flip mental coin. Because they. They both they both do so much for me, but in different ways. Ducat is so evil and so gross and so greasy and so fuckable, and Garrick. <laughs> is so mysterious and so sassy and so fucking bisexual and I love him. I I don't know, man. It's hard. It's really Damn. hard. I don't it's, know if yeah, I can choose. One. It's very hard. Let's put him in a transporter and have an accident and have... Gulcott. 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 God, that would be confusing Gar-cot. if he got Gul-durak. promoted. Gulcott. Gulcott. Like... Hey. Mm. 
you mean when? That said, though, special shout out to um, boy, Arnold. which one? Which one though? You gotta choose. I don't know, Doctor. <laughs> Maybe they're both true, especially the lies. Ah, uh, I guess Garrick. I like his sassiness. So yes, Arnold mentioned that he's such a sassy bitch. I love his like you know. I gave them, what was it, uh, that episode where he's like, you know, my parting, my parting blows or whatever, like talking about sassing somebody off and injuring them. Yes. What the fuck ever that line was. Uh, yeah, I got off several cutting remarks, which they shall never recover. Thank you. That's it. Uh, special, special, <laughs> honorable mention to Kovat, Kovat, I don't know how you pronounce it. Oh, the, ju- the, the lawyer? The lawyer. You, you flatter me, sir, you flatter me. How is he on none of our lists? Which is, which is exactly what he would say if he knew he was on my list. That's right. So, yeah. Um, I'm not gonna lie, when you first said Cardassians, it's like, oh man, that lawyer's definitely going on the list. I mean, and then I just not, thought of... He's not in a great character, he just is a... Oh, he's amazing, though. He's an amazing... Uh, ham. Ham, yeah. Yeah, it's just, the, then you actually sit and think about it, it's like, oh my god, there are so many fucking options. Well, that, yeah, that's, and that's the thing, I think, of all of the races in, in Star Trek that we've seen, uh, it, it really feels to me like Cardassians are the most fleshed out and have the most interesting diversity of, uh, of characters. Yeah, they're, they're the, le- I think they're one of the lesser monolith kind Which of is, races. yeah. Because they are they are very different from each other. What's it's funny testament to the writers of Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Well, what's funny too is like of all the cultures we see of all the alien cultures, they're the one that is explicitly stated to be sort of rigid and fascistic and wants there to sort of be a monoculture, mm-hmm. and they're the ones where it fails so hard. Yeah. Because they're just like yeah, you yeah. know, really just so many. You know, the, the the lawyer and and fucking you know, yeah, it was really hard for me. It's like shit, I want this one and that that one, that one, that one, that one, that one. Um you know, I didn't even remember friggin' Madrid. Go Madrid because I was so focused on just like all the people that immediately sprung to mind from from DS nine. It was mm. just like Oh good. I'm glad I got to bring up Go Madrid then. Yeah, yeah, no. And he's that's a, the thing he's too. One. If I hadn't actually taken time to think about this question before I got here, which unfortunately is my want, I probably would have had Kovat or whatever his name is on my list. None of us said Seska. No, yeah, because she yeah. sucks. She I don't suck. like Seska. No like I don't Seska. like her. I don't even find her interesting. I find her I, pathetic. I find she's, her an enjoyable she's like, she's villain. Like the, she's one of the, yeah, but I think she's very two dimensional. True, you're right. You're yeah. right about that. Which is unfortunate, but it's it shows it just shows again how like lucky we were to have the writers of Deep Space Nine. Um, they never would have given us something, even a even a one off character probably never. would Although have Although she had so. more dimension than that fan of the opera guy, whose mm. name I cannot remember and refuse to try because that was a terrible episode. Yeah, that episode sucks. I'll say, uh, even though I'm not a uh, a huge fan of the of the show uh, in the, in the seasons that that she's been on, I, I feel feel like, and I don't know the character's name either, but the president of. Or the yeah the president of the Federation mm. from Discovery. Who's, I cannot think of her name either. Who's like half Cardassian is interesting to me because you're, we're first first kind of expecting her to be oh so evil evil Big and then time. She, and then it turns out that she's not. I, don't know. I fall asleep whenever she's on screen because it just means this is going to be another exposition scene. That's mm. true. That is mostly her purpose. They, the they, yeah, they, like they definitely introduce her and you feel like oh gosh she's going to be a maybe not evil per se but just a typical politician. Mm. And then she has a little more. You know, it was the same thing. I was. I always kept waiting for um, Dadmiral to go evil, just because I'm used to Federation. Admiral Vance. Thank you, Vance. No, never. Well, because I'm always. Just, I'm just used to it. You know, it's like it's a Federation admiral. Oh, this is gonna. Nope. So far, so far, so good. But here's the thing: who's better quaffed, Dadmiral Vance? Oh fuck! Don't or Anson. Pike? Fuck Pike. 
I don't not know. by much, but Pikes like, Pikes is starting to get a little too tall. It was really it's tall absurdly in this tall. recent. I, I kind I'm of, expecting the end of season uh, just twist like, to be the full pompadour no, like that, a beehive. No, no. It's, the twist is going to be that it's an alien that's attached itself to his head <laughs> and has been growing the whole season. It's a triple. <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly am kind of wondering if like they started to just. Like, we're going to find out eventually the, like, hair guy is going to be like, yeah, we just started doing the gag. We made his hair, like, a half inch taller every episode until people noticed. Well, yeah. people have definitely noticed, so I think tone it's, it I think down. It's absurd, honestly. There was uh, an article, I forget who it was, I just saw the headline, but it was like, the unexpected star of Strange the World is called Pike's Peak. <laughs> oh, God. Somebody, somebody recolored a Johnny Bravo yep. to be uh, Captain Pike. Wow. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Wow, looks wow. just like him. Picture a Cardassian with that hair. It's not going to work because they don't have enough forehead hair, but... Listen, I love it because he basically has my haircut and that makes me feel pretty. Fair. You uh, should always feel pretty. Well, thank you. Yeah, but that was good Cardassian talk. Uh, we yeah. are now out of races that I want to talk about because we're going to meet a new race next week. Ooh. But we don't have a... Don't have a uh, uh, Blocktivity to go with it because it's uh, the final week of the third season. Woo! So we're going to be doing our season three wrap next week, covering episodes Scorpion Part One, the finale of season three, and then in typical fashion, Scorpion, Scorpion Part, Part two, two, the premiere of season four. That's going to be a damn good week. I I foresee a lot of fun stuff happening in this episode. I foresee a lot of bad CG. Oh no. Uh, yeah, so look forward to that next week. Uh, as usual, the blog blogtivity that we just covered uh, today is going to be up on our Tumblr. Make sure you're following along there. See all the great Cardassian screen grabs I get. I'm going to put Dukat on everyone's list, even though they didn't say him. <laughs> Very a, a betra- I was going to say a betrayal worthy of Dukat himself. Good Cardassian scheming right there. Uh, yeah, but check out everything over on our Tumblr, SSHB Podcast. It's a good time. Catch us next week for that for those new episodes. You can friend us on the Facebook. You can friend us on the Twitter. We're over there. Social media is hopefully dying. That would be so nice. Um, yeah, and then just listen, listen along with us. We're on SoundCloud. We're on all the other applications. It's a good day. Uh, this has been Ames. This has been Caitlin. <laughs> this is Jake. This is always Chris. You flatter me, Chris. You flatter me. <laughs> I don't think you've ever done that before, Ames. That was wonderful. Yeah, actually, I don't think you have. Good way to end it. Best day of all. And, uh... Coffee? Uh... <laughs> there's coffee in that nebula over there?